The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, <laughs> J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. And welcome in. It is Wednesday. It is week six. And it's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick with senior writer John Osher here in Jacksonville. And we go to L.A. and welcome in NFL Network and Jaguars radio field analyst Bucky Brooks as the Jaguars visit the Indianapolis Colts coming up this Sunday at 1 o'clock. Yeah, here they are. Second time around, the Jaguars shut them out last time here in Jacksonville. Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence spoke with the media today. We've got a couple social media questions we'll get to. And imagine this, it's around the offense. Bucky, good afternoon. What's up? No, life is good. What's up, guys? You know, um, you know, getting ready for Indy again. Another divisional game after the Jaguars dropped a tough one last week, of course, to the Texans. And now another one back-to-back. They get this one, obviously. It's 2-1 in the division. Things are feeling pretty good, John, if you can get this W against a, a division rival in the Colts, who are a banged-up football team, let's be honest. Yeah, and I wrote somewhere this week that now we're into it, meaning you know, the Jaguars have some it – was, it was sort of a giddy September, and now you've got your first injury with uh, Ben Barch going out, and now you're having to uh, sort of be patchwork a little more. Well, guess what? Most NFL teams have dealt with that already. Uh, the Jaguars are now into the point where they've had their first loss that sort of is a gut punch. And I think even more so than the Texans, now you start finding out what you're going to be. And can you come back from that sort of thing? Can you rally? Are you, are you going to be a team that responds to that and gets back into it? Or, or, or are you going to be a five- or six-win team? Uh, you can sort of start deciding that this week. Yeah, it begins now. Uh, Bucky, you can set the mark for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Little adversity you're gonna have to. Every team goes through adversity at some point of the season, and how you respond to that dictates where you advance, uh, whether you become a playoff team or not. And so, right now for the Jaguars, you drop a game that many would say that you shouldn't uh, lose to the Houston Texans, but now that's where you are. So now you get a chance to go on the road against the Indianapolis Colts team that's gonna be fired up because you knocked them off and really dominated them at your place. Do the Jaguars have the resiliency, the resolve to be able to go on the road and get a win, even the record up, and still remain at the top of the division? Uh, we'll learn, find out a lot about the team again this week, how we respond, how we play. Let's get to the head coach, Doug Peterson, speaking with the media this morning and discussing the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, trying to force it down the field maybe a bit, and patience is key. The thing is, when you play teams, defenses like this, like last week, Houston, now now this week, you know, these the, the, the Lovey Smiths, the Gus Bradleys of the world, those those coordinators, their defenses, they don't do a lot, but what they do, they do it well, and they're very disciplined. And so it, it, from an offensive mindset, we have to stay disciplined, and we have to be patient. And even as play callers, you know, myself, we have to, um, you know, be patient with that sometimes. And you know, they keep everything in front of you. They, they don't want to give up the big play, you know. So uh, it's just it's just that's what that's the mentality, you know, and that's the mindset um, as you play as you play teams like this. 
So they've seen this story before, Bucky, and you just have to be patient. And when you have those opportunities down the field, you got to hit them too. They've, a couple overthrows early last week, some drops, and um, you got to take advantage of those situations when they do present themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a defense, uh, much like Houston, where they're playing the odds. They're saying that if you have a negative play on an early down, you won't be able to push the ball up the field. And so they're really emboldened by the fact that they don't believe that the quarterback can play disciplined football over the course of 60 minutes. And so for Trevor Lawrence, the challenge is, are you willing to be okay taking the check down over and over again until you lure the defense out of their comfort zone and then you're able to strike? And when you have those opportunities to push it down the field because the coverage dictates that you can take that shot, you have to be able to nail it. So it's not only the patience and discipline, it's going to be the accuracy. Is he patient, disciplined, and accurate enough to pick apart this defense at a high level on Sunday? And then you've got to see the moments that Bucky's talking about, meaning you know, they're playing a certain way, a certain way, and then all of a sudden on that play, uh, there's your opportunity, and then you've got to be able to go get it. It's, uh, I thought last week it was clear in retrospect that the Texans didn't believe that if they allowed the Jaguars to get into the 25 or 30, the red zone area, uh, th- uh, four or five times, or, th- or three or four times, whatever the number was, they didn't believe that he would be effective enough in that area to get away from them. You know, they probably looked at it and said he might, he might get a touchdown, a couple of field goals, 13 points, we'll have a chance. They were only able to get two. So uh, at this point, especially against the Gus Bradley defense or any defense now, uh, and, until he proves otherwise, that's going to be the approach a lot of teams take. You're going to see a lot more of what the Texans did. And this goes back to his first year, first game against the Texans. They played a lot of zone. They played eyes on the quarterback. They, those windows shrink when guys are getting early jumps. And so you heard Doug Peterson talk about when you play a Lovey Smith or a Gus Bradley defense, what they do is not complicated. It's very simple in their approach. But they're banking that their defense, the defenders, will be more disciplined than the quarterback. And as the game goes on, the quarterback will get the itchy trigger finger and he will have some turnovers. We saw that from Trevor Lawrence. He has to really challenge himself to really be disciplined this week because he's going to see the same kind of game plan, a little different coverage, but same same philosophy when it comes to the different approach. I have a question for the scout, JP. All right. Uh, or the ex-quarterback. Did you ever play quarterback, Buck? Did I did ever, not. I was not smart enough to play quarterback. Too much processing. Um, <laughs> Itchy trigger finger. He threw it too much down the field. <laughs> There's an element when you're playing a cover two as a quarterback that part of your success long-term comes from being able to – move defenders with your eyes if if the dbs are going to watch you then you've got to be able to drop back and move guys sort of to where you want them uh in your experience scouting guys and it how long does that take that seems like football 201 and 301 to me and i know trevor's not quite there yet what's the process how hard is that for a young guy to learn it takes time It takes a lot of time for those guys to understand the patience and the yin and yang of playing against a defense like that. One of the reasons why Drew Brees and Tom Brady and even Aaron Rodgers have been so great for so long is because they figured out early that the check down is a weapon that can help you get those teams out of those defenses. Meaning, even though the defensive coordinator says, hey, we want to keep the ball in front, guys, don't worry about it. As long as you keep the ball in front, I'll take it. 
Well, what happens if you string together a series of those checkdowns and completions and over and over again, at some point, the defenders get tired of seeing the ball caught. The defensive coordinator gets tired of seeing the ball caught underneath because everyone is like, man, they're just nickel and dominant all the way down the field. And they begin to take a chance. And so what Trevor has to be able to do is be patient enough to take the underneath stuff, but be aware enough when the defender is out of position and you got to make that strike when it's there and you got to complete it. Because if you don't complete it, you may not see it again for another 10 to 12 plays. And so it's that that yin and yang between the discipline and the aggressiveness when it merits. It takes a lot of quarterbacks, um, most of their careers, to be able to get that done. It's all about the yin and the yang, JP. Yeah, feng that's what shui. I, or what, you that's know, what I learned. <laughs> yin yang. <laughs> hey, uh, John, you were in the press conference with Trevor. I was in the locker room. I missed him. What were some highlights today from Trevor? Uh, you know, I think probably the big highlight, he talked early on about the need to not make a bad play worse, which he had sort of touched on a little bit, and I think I'm getting that right, that make sure that if the play's not there, you don't turn it into a turnover the other way. You know, and I think that was, uh, I'm sure they talked to him about the last two games. Uh, even if you think that Trevor didn't play well the entire game, Really, the last two games, no matter what level you think he was playing at, have turned on the red zone interception in Philly and the end zone interception against the Texans. And even if you don't think he played very well, if you take those two away, maybe you win both of them. Or, or, you, or yeah. you're very close, complete momentum changers when they came, third quarter, you know, everything felt different afterward. So that was probably the highlight to me. He talks to him about Travis Etienne, about and about Shatley, and some sort of uh, cleanup things for some reporter stories. But I think that was the gist. Uh, nobody really asked him about confidence or about big picture type things, but it felt like he he talked a lot about that on Sunday. So I think the feeling was already covered that. Uh, so to me, that was the huge takeaway. Is I I think you will see him focusing on. Hey, if I'm going to make a mistake, just don't make it a game-turning mistake. There you have it. And uh, the full press conference will be available on Jaguar social media very soon, if not already, or jaguars.com coming up in just the next few minutes. We're back in a moment, and we'll take a look at the Indianapolis Colts, the team the Jaguars shut out in Week 2, and they've had some changes in personnel since then. We are off and running. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. Preparation is never easy. Um, you know, that's the one thing about knowing your opponent. Um, they know you and, and we know them. And, you know, you're not going to fool anybody or trick anybody. And it just comes down to your hard work and preparation. And, you know, listen. This is a this is a well-coached team. It's a good football team. It's a disciplined football team. You see it on film, um, and uh, I expect a, a much different ball game than, than the first time. That's head coach Doug Peterson earlier today. Yes, uh, twice in a month span, the Jaguars and the Colts will meet. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, JP Shadrick with John Ozier here in Jacksonville. Bucky out in Los Angeles. Uh, the running back is a question in Indy right now, Bucky. Jonathan Taylor, of course, was bottled up in week two. 
against the Jags. They made it an emphasis in that game. They got to Matt Ryan a bunch. Uh, they got some things going. But Taylor uh, missed last week. He's on the report this week. And this could be a much different feeling in the offense with uh, all the changes on the O-line already. And if Taylor's not out there, then um, where do they go? Just becomes a little different team. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's one of the best running backs in football. And so if he's available, they want to kind of pound the rock. But if he's not there, then it goes to Naeem Hines. Uh, Philip Lindsay will play. And they'll try and find a way to manufacture a running game. Regardless of who's back there behind Matt Ryan, they don't want this game to turn into a game where Matt Ryan has to throw it 40-plus times. They still need the balance to not only protect him, but to help that offensive line because they're struggling. They've been struggling on the perimeter. They've been struggling against good pass rushers. And so the best way to offset some of the things that defenses are doing against them in the pass rush game, you got to run right at them. And so for the Jaguars, it's all about first down. If the Jaguars are winning first down, meaning they're holding the Colts to three yards or fewer, then they are able to dictate the terms and they should have a lot of success playing defense on Sunday. Yeah, to me, the matchup... uh... I don't think Taylor will play, or if he does, it feels like it's going to be limited with that ankle. Um, an interesting stat, JP. I have oh, a stat for stat you. Guy. Uh, oh, stat guy. Stat guy. Okay. The Jaguars have 10 sacks this season, five of them against the Colts. Um, so this is a team that has not rushed the passer great every week, the Jags. But if you can get to Matt Ryan, who's given up, the, who's been sacked more times than anybody else in the NFL – Boy, it just feels to me like this team, meaning the Jags, going on the road against a team that scraps. You know, the Colts have been a team that uh, when they've won, they've they've come back, they've hung in there. Get to Matt Ryan early, get a sack fumble, get something going your way and get away from him a little bit. Pass rush, forcing Ryan into an early mistake. Uh, as as much as the confidence of the Jaguars has to be sort of in in, in question right now, that, to me, is the ticket. I know, I know it's a ticket every week. If you get a sack fumble early, you're in great shape. But for this team right now, that matchup feels like one you can go get. That's my thought, yeah. Bucky. Yeah, no, no. It does feel like one that you can go get. And uh, let's be honest, the quarterback is 37 years, years of age, and when he gets hit, he changes. And so it's really important that the Jaguars find a way to hit him. They were able to hit him down in Duval. It changed the way that he performed. He didn't look good. He was looking for a place to fall. And he didn't have the benefit of running game. And he didn't have his top receiver in Michael Pittman. Uh, Michael Pittman comes back. He's big body. Uh, but you got to be able – you should feel good about your ability to lock up on the outside. To me, this game comes down to the trenches. Can the Jaguars dominate and own the line of scrimmage? Because they own the line of scrimmage, that means they will eventually hit Matt Ryan. And we know when Matt Ryan gets hit, he changes. And so the emphasis, if I'm the Raiders – I mean, if, if I am, the Jaguars is about dominating at the point of attack and making sure that Matt Ryan doesn't have any room to breathe. Defensively, DeForest Buckner's still there, and Gakwe, of course, but uh, Leonard is still out, and uh, he's been dinged up a lot of this season. It's a different feeling, Colts defense, when he's not out there, Bucky. Yeah, I mean, you talk about one of the top defensive playmakers in football, a guy who was a ball magnet. Uh, we talk about Charles uh, Tillman being able to knock the ball loose well. There's no one who does it better than uh, Shaquille, uh, I forget, Leonard. Leonard. He changed his name. <laughs> right. Shaq Leonard changed his name. Right. Darius Leonard, Shaq. Shaquille Leonard. Yeah, so Shaq Leonard does it better than anybody else. And so if he's not there, um, it's a different defense. You know, when you think about that defense, you think about this scheme, that linebacker, that weak side linebacker 
is one of the critical elements to that defense. So you remove an all-pro player, yeah, the Jaguars should have more success being able to not only run the ball, but being able to throw the ball down the seams. All right, we'll come back in a moment. Social media questions off Twitter today. It's been a interesting place the last few days in Jaguar Twitter land. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. There's got to be patience, you know, with that. Um, can't wait too long, you know. But at the same time, you know, it's our job as coaches to make sure that he's, he's improving every week and, and, and pointing out the good and the, and the bad. And, and that's just how you grow. That's just how you learn. And, you know, I remember back, you know, my days in Green Bay, you know, under Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid, uh, coaches like that. I mean, you know, learning just that system, and it was – very vanilla basic compared to what we're teaching today. Um, you know, we always said three years. We always said that's the that's the benchmark. But I, I don't think you have three years. I think you you've got to get your players ready to go now. And and but there has to be subtle improvement, right? There has to be, and, and you can't just put it all on one player. Um, we know that, and um, it takes you know it takes all three phases to to win games. That's the head coach, Doug Peterson, earlier today on the timetable of seeing quarterback improvement and uh, the time it takes. Uh, there, there you have it. It's a huddle up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick. Uh, that's John Osier. That's Bucky Brooks. Yes, Bucky. Yeah, I, I think it's important to follow up on that because uh, Doug Peterson and I come from the same school uh, in terms of having worked up under Coach Holmgren, having played up under Coach Holmgren. So when Doug talks about that three-year window and he talks about the vanilla system, I think it's important that we address a couple of things when it comes to it with the quarterback. So one, often since Doug came, you've heard me on the podcast talk about in practice, you want to get to the point where you're operating at an efficient level where the ball doesn't hit the ground. Well, one of the reasons you want to operate like that is because it means that Trevor Lawrence is now beginning to embrace the check down meaning that when the defense wins and they take away the deep stuff, he immediately gets to his second and third read, and the ball is dumped off to a back or a tight end so that the offense can stay ahead of schedule. It's really important that if you go from first down, you want it to be a second and five or fewer, so you continue to run that, that, that balance of run and pass. The second thing when it comes to that, because there's been some conversation about the run-pass ratio, you have to understand in this offensive system, it is going to be a 60-40 Pass-run ratio, meaning they want to throw the ball, they want to throw it quick, they want to get it out to the running backs and tight ends on the flanks, and they view those high-percentage passes as runs. And so even though we are accustomed to seeing a ground-and-pound attack in Jacksonville, this is a little different. It's a little more finesse, but it's functional if the quarterback is operating at an efficient mark. And so when Doug talks about three years, it takes three years for the quarterback to understand how valuable the ball is and how important it is that every time that he drops back, the ball has to go into the hands of somebody in a teal jersey because staying on schedule is critical to being able to play the style of play that he wants to play. I, JP, it feels like we should just stop the show and have Bucky replay that because, I mean, it's perfect. I say that completely without uh, trying to be funny. It, it explains exactly what I think a lot of people are not grasping. Uh, all the questions about run-pass balance are continuing to come, and I think they will because it takes time. Because you look at a stat sheet and it feels off balance. If you look at how they run this offense, it does not. 
Um, and I think it, I was going to stop you as well after Doug because I, I was thinking something else. Um, it's interesting how often Doug is referred back to second year in the system is when he thinks that Trevor will start to accelerate, and he is still in the first year. Doug won't say this publicly. Maybe I'll say it for him. Uh, right now, Trevor's in his fifth NFL game in this system, and I think that's really important to realize. I know people don't want to hear, oh, the rookie uh, year doesn't count or whatever. Of course it counts, but his development will be accelerated once he's been in the system for a while, and it's very interesting that this is the first time in Jacksonville that you've really had a young quarterback developing under an ex-quarterback and a guy mm-hmm. who is a quarterback whisperer, two or three quarterback whispers. Uh, so I, I, I think the way that people view this process has to be different than, it, than they have viewed processes in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I mean you bring up a valid point because it's five games into Doug Peterson's system and scheme. And what he's being asked to do this year is completely different than what he was being asked to do last year. Completely different system, even though Brian Schottenheimer and Daryl Belville are disciples of the West Coast. Like, Doug Peterson learned the pure West Coast offense. And he not only learned it from Mike Holmgren, but then he played under Andy Reid and continued to develop and learn how to coach the game under Andy Reid. And so because we were all together, I kind of understand what he's talking about. And so I think it's really important that we let the fans know where we're at in the process. The process is like learning a foreign language. So it's one thing to go to Rosetta Stone and kind of understand the simple things, but it's another thing to call it immediately when you're in a foreign country, to know exactly when I say, hey, we're going to go red, right, 60 scat, X, Y, hook, Z over, that he knows that and he can visualize what the play is. Right now, when he's walking to the line of scrimmage with the language in his head, Trevor Lawrence is, okay, I have this, this, that. He's looking to the spots on the field to think about where everyone is going instead of knowing I get to the line, they're in this coverage or whatever. Right now, he's thinking about our offense. The next step is for him to think about the defense while working on the offense. So then he knows where the attack points are. And also when those we see those guys running free, he'll get to those guys quicker because he'll be able to better anticipate this guy could break open in this coverage. I know that, and I'm looking for it. So now I can aggressively take that shot as soon as I get an inkling that it's available. I took two years of college French. I still have to Google how to get to the Eiffel Tower. That's just <laughs> how it works. Um, we're back in a moment. and Oh, no, well, let's get to questions. We almost forgot the social media questions. questions. Oh, questions. yes, social media. We put the cat signal out earlier. Here's the best we came up with today. At P-U-D-U-S, uh, do you think T-Law is having the Sam Darnold effect seeing ghosts because he leaves the pocket too early? Hmm. I haven't seen that. I mean, I'll speak to it first and let Bucky. I, I haven't seen that sort of thing yet, Bucky. I mean, I, I leaving the pocket too early, maybe a little bit, but I haven't seen anything from him that is, is eye-catching along those lines compared to a lot of the – a lot of other young quarterbacks I've seen. Maybe you see it differently. No, no, no. I see it like that. I don't think his issues have to do with seeing ghosts. I think his issues have to do with being patient and being disciplined. 
in terms of playing against the systems that he's playing. When he's playing against because 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 we uh we lost the audio. That's pretty good there for there. Yeah, that was we lost the audio. Oh, there he is. Am I back? You're back. You were skipping, but yeah. So so I'm I'm saying like so five games in, we've seen two very very patient defense defense that really want to test his discipline. The first time against the Indianapolis Colts, he tore them up because in that game the ball came out quickly and it was underneath, and so it was what. 28 of 39 or whatever it was that game where they were operating at a very efficient level. Tampa, I mean, the Tampa 2 that we saw against the Houston Texans, he didn't have the patience to stick with it. Part of that might have been coming off of the bad game against Philly, he wanted to prove to the people that he can get back on track. And so his pride worked against him, and that's why he may have forced the ball as opposed to saying, I'm just going to take the check down. So maybe he's learned his lessons from these two games, and maybe he'll be able to apply some of those lessons um, in this game against a, a, a defense that he should be able to attack. One more question from at Asvura Nofol. Uh, why would we abandon the running game in a tie game? Do you think Trevor needs to be holding onto the ball with clear running lanes and option plays, seemed to have the opportunity multiple times, but didn't keep it once? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll again go because Bucky's knocking out of the park today, so I want to hear, hear what he has to say. I think I know his answer to the first one. Uh, But, you know, I don't think Trevor needs to be focused on holding the ball more. I don't think they want him to be focused on holding the ball more. I think that option in the RPO has to come when it's natural and obvious. Uh, I, I don't think over the long haul you want him skewing and leaning toward holding the ball more. I think it needs to come when it's absolutely obvious or when it's called in advance. Uh, again, I'm the old school guy, Bucky. I, I just don't want to see run heavy Trevor taking a lot of shots. Uh, although I know why fans want that because it gives immediate results, but I don't feel like that's how, that's not how they're going to go. That's not what he's going to be. Yeah, now he's a little, he's a little different. He is athletic. Now it's, it's one thing if you're going to tell me that he's like Daniel Jones or if he can move around like Lamar Jackson. He's a very athletic quarterback, but I think his best parts of his game are the way that he throws. And so, yeah, can he run it three or four times a game? Terrific. Just just enough to keep the backside defensive end at home. It's enough for the defense to have to respect him as an athlete, but he is not the Josh Allen type that is really a runner, a single-wing quarterback that can run it, who's thick enough and sturdy enough to maybe take it 10 to 12 times a game. If he's doing that, he's not really playing to the strengths of his of his talent and his game. Uh, and so I don't want to see I want to see him pull it when he knows that he can get four to five yards. And when he gets those four or five yards, as soon as he finds a soft grassy, a soft spot in the grass, he needs to slide and get down so he doesn't take any hits. The bigger thing has been when people talk about abandoning the running game. I will say this. Yeah, we can be a little more patient with the running game, particularly when a guy like Travis Etienne or James Robinson, when they got it going. You certainly can stay with them. And so it appeared that Travis Etienne had it going a little bit on Sunday. Yeah, you can feed him a little more because 10 carries for 71 yards, potentially that's 130 yards if he has 15 to 16 carries the way that he was breaking out and running. There you have it. Social media questions. Thank you for the submissions. We're back in a moment with our final thoughts. The Jaguars and the Colts coming up Sunday. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.
Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks and a live look at the Miller Electric Center outside TIAA Bank Field. They're about to finish the framing of the indoor facility. They're moving right along. It's still on schedule for next summer, training camp. And, yeah, every day there's something new or, you, you know, you'll drive in in the morning and they're doing something and in the afternoon it's um, – it's done, and they're on to the next. That's what building it. It's kind of like <laughs> construction or something. <laughs> it really it's amazing. Yeah, it's uh, wow. If it wasn't going that way, Lamping would have some issues. Yeah, like there would be so. some <laughs> right. some uh, angst in the corner <laughs> right. over there. All right, so we're excited for that. Uh, Huddle up with Bucky Brooks, brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up the luxury, FieldsAuto.com. Bucky, how you feeling about this one Sunday? Coming off a tough loss, game they should have had really the last two weeks. Um, Hey, division game on the roads, those are never easy. Yeah, I think we have to prepare for another game that uh, is very similar to the way the game was on Sunday, meaning it's going to be a bit of a drag, maybe a bit of a defensive struggle. Uh, the Colts have played really well on defense. We saw the struggles. Uh, I mean, the Denver Broncos couldn't move the ball on them, really. Had a tough time. Russell Wilson was confounded by the coverage and had issues in the red zone. And so the big thing would be how do the Jaguars survive and thrive in the red zone? Are they able to punch it in for touchdowns or are they forced to settle for three? Because ultimately, that's what it's going to come down. Efficiency, red zone efficiency between the Jags and the Colts, the team that is more efficient than the red zone is ultimately going to win the game. Yeah, it scares you a little bit because that has not been the Jaguars' strength. I, I agree. I see a game that when the Colts have won this year, uh, they've been tied 20 to 20. You know, when they haven't lost, I guess is a better word to use there. Uh, the, they won, I think, 20 to 16 against the Chiefs or something like that. And then in the last week, 12 to 9. So it feels like they're going to be in a 16 13, 17 13 type game. And uh, that's in the Colts' wheelhouse a little bit. And uh, Matt Ryan late in games has had the experience to get them back in it. And uh, Trevor and this offense have not functioned in big situations or in the red zone. So at some point, you need to break through that. Uh, I think that's what they'll have to do this week. And it, it's not a matchup you feel great about on, in that sense. It's also tough when you've beaten a team badly the first time around. It usually doesn't go that way the second time around. So I think it's going to be a tight game at the end. And I think people have been waiting for this team to pull out a, a tight one late. Uh, let's see if this is the week they do it. It's big. Yeah, let's see. Um, they shut them out last time, but it's a different team a month later and – We'll see what happens. And on they're desperate. Sunday. I mean, they are. They're, you yeah. know, both teams are. It it feels like a slog, Buck. It feels like a slog yeah. game. Uh, I mean, it's definitely going to be one of those kind of games. I I do wonder at practice if Doug Peterson and the staff they spend a little more time in the red zone because they know how critical it is. I wonder if they added a few minutes to the practice schedule to make sure that they become better, more efficient inside the twenty, inside the twenty-five, even in the tight red zone because it appears the problems really come not inside the twenty. But inside the 10, we just haven't found a way to, to cross the goal line consistently. So I'd expect them to spend more time in that area because we're going to need points covered it at a premium. Bucky, well done as always. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Man, let's do it. Looking forward to it. Bucky Brooks from Los Angeles. That'll do it for our program today. Brent Reber on the video side. Joe Fortunato on the audio. For Bucky and John Osier, I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network.